This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Last episodes that we did of Steelers Standard this week, we covered the AFC and who we thought were the most important players on each team for the AFC that don't play the position of quarterback. Obviously, if we did this exercise, it would kind of be futile if we could use quarterbacks because more than half the league you would have to come away with. Yeah, if the quarterback plays well, the team will be great. He's the most important piece. Yeah, for the most part. But, you know, you need more than just a QB in this sport to win a championship. You need players on the roster around him. And as we go through the NFC now, looking at the lesser conference than the AFC, we will tell you who we think is the most important. But just like we said with the AFC versus the NFC the last time we did this, you know, the NFC really is a top-heavy conference. You've got Mm -hmm. three teams at the very top the Buccaneers, the Packers with Aaron Rodgers, and maybe now the L.A. Rams now that you add in Matt Stafford to the equation. But other than that, you know, there's not much threatening there. I guess you could say there's another level where you have your Cowboys and your Seahawks kind of sitting, but even them are kind of sitting there on shaky ground. It's a top-heavy race in this conference. Oh, no doubt. As I said on the last episodes we did, I mean, if you look at every division in the AFC, I think there's a contender – there's two contenders to make the playoffs, no doubt, and there's probably one in each conference that is a legitimate contender for a Super Bowl. I don't know if you can make the case for the, the NFC in, in any conference. The NFC West, obviously, is a different story. They have four really good teams in the NFC West. Um, well, I mean, Arizona is still a question mark, but you get my point. All four of them could realistically make the playoffs, but you look at the East, there's only one team going to the playoffs there. You know, you, you look at the South, you know, yeah, the Saints have been good for years, but it's probably going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers show, you know? So it's very top heavy to your point. And when you stack it up against one another, I think the AFC is king, but um, you know, again, I guess it doesn't really matter because, you know, you're only getting one team for each conference. As long as Tampa Bay is there, the NFC has a shot to win the whole thing. Starting with the worst, the NFC least. Okay. This is the division that I think is probably fair to say is the worst in football. But I think it's also going to be very highly competitive this year as well. Which is, and I don't yeah. think which it always happens. And I don't think it's going to be as bad as it was last year, where you're going to have a team under 500 make the playoffs, like the Washington Football Team did. Well, you can't. You can't have a team make it 500 at least. I yeah. guess. Yeah, that's a good point. But you could still have a team make it under 500. Yeah. The but Dallas I, Cowboys I is the best, who I'm going to start with. I think at, at best, though, you're going to see a team go 10 and seven, nine and eight. That's what I think too. Well, I think that's actually what's going to probably happen. And I think the team that's going to get to 10-7 and is the Dallas Cowboys. With Dak Prescott coming back, that's obviously a really important piece of their puzzle. He's the most important. I mean, obviously. obviously, But I think Ezekiel Elliott is the most important, not including the quarterback. It's weird when you look at Zeke's year last year. It was the first time since 2017 he didn't rush for 1,000 yards. And he's usually well over 1,000 yards uh, in the end of the year. Uh, but he only played in 10 games in that 2017 season where he didn't rush for 1,000 yards. And last year, he played in 15 games, only had 979 yards. He still averaged four yards a carry. The thing that really jumps out is in that 2017 season where he only played 10 games, he rushed the ball 242 times. He played in five more games this year, and he only rushed the ball two more times, and that's with their starting quarterback, Dak Prescott, on the sidelines the majority of the year. It's an odd thing to see that they just kind of really abandoned that running game when they have someone who's so dominant. And he averaged 4.0 yards per carry last year. And you had no passing game. You had no passing game with it. You needed that running game to help a struggling quarterback, whoever was trying to fill in. 
So I, it's bizarre that they didn't really use him, but I think it's going to be massively important to not fall in love with Dak Prescott coming back and and really feed Zeke as he is so willing to illustrate when he scores a touchdown. He wants to be fed. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. It's weird. Um, you know, it, it's almost – I don't want to say Zeke's done or anything, but he's definitely – last year was a huge step back for him. And, mm-hmm. you know, I wonder, too, if, if you know, they kind of like what they see with Tony Pollard, and that's kind of a question mark. You know, Matt Williamson has talked about this before. You know, he kind of says, like, he's kind of fading Zeke Elliott, and he doesn't – you know what I mean? He's not impressed by what he saw last year. I know last year was a weird situation because of everything going on with Prescott. But, uh, I mean, it is going to be important for them to get back to the running game to help Prescott out. But for me, the most important guy, and this is going to sound like it's – I have a bias here. Pa- but I have him as my own. It's, it's Micah Parsons. It is Micah I mean, Parsons that defense was putrid last year. It was yeah. awful. Um, but one you, of the worst in the league. But you pair him with Leighton Vander Esch. You mm-hmm. pay him, pair him with Jalen Smith too. I mean, they have a great history of drafting linebackers. They do. You go, you go back to Sean Lee, and then you move on to Leighton, and now you have Micah Parsons, who yeah. everyone was kind of saying, "Where's Micah going to go?" I mean, I think he ended up in a really good spot because yeah, they, so do I. They got desperate. Lucky. He's one of the luckier. Him and Mac Jones are probably the two luckiest. They fell in the, the perfect yeah. spot for them. I mean, Parsons is going to start right away. They desperately needed yeah. a middle linebacker to kind of you know, uh, be the anchor of that defense. And Parsons absolutely is that. Um, I think he's the most important. If he could stay healthy and he hits the ground running right away, I'm not saying this is going to be a top 10, top 15 defense, but he definitely makes them a hell of a lot better. And it might keep them in a couple more games. Last year, pretty much all their games were shootouts. Right. I had Micah Parsons as my honorable mention. I'm gonna Same. go head. I'm gonna go head coach here though, Mike McCarthy. Well, you know what? That would tie into what I th- said with Zeke. Right. Why'd you stop running the ball last right. year? That's what coaching. is Mike McCarthy gonna do? You got you got the pass for last year. You didn't have your quarterback. You had guys named Annie Dolan and and far worse than that. Uh, and I'll say this: when they did have their quarterback, they did not get off to the greatest start. No, like they were going to have to make up some ground, and we right. always thought they it was would that, with Dak. But it was then he that gets hurt. It was that Cleveland Browns game in which the Browns put up what like fifty eight or fifty seven yeah. or something, and everyone was saying, "Okay, why are the Cowboys so bad?" And then I think it was the next game where Dak went down. But yeah, what is Mike McCarthy going to do with hopefully for him a full season with Dak Prescott at his, you know, at his uh, on his utility belt? So I think as much as Emphasis can go on Zeke Elliott and getting the run game incorporated. I think it, it kind of falls to Mike McCarthy saying, what are you going to do as a head coach here? Because we knew you were fine with a guy a guy named Aaron Rodgers. Can you do the same thing? Can you recreate the same magic with a guy named Dak Prescott? I think Dak Prescott's a really good player. So I, I certainly think that it's definitely possible for that to be the case. Maybe not to the extent of an Aaron Rodgers and put up the kind of numbers that he does, but doesn't really have to because he certainly has a much better supporting cast than Rodgers has ever had. There's a mm-hmm. lot of guys that you could put on this honorable mention. I think C.D. Lamb really needs to take a step forward as well in that offense. Yeah. Well, he didn't really have a chance to last no, year. No, I agree, but I just think now that puts more pressure on him to really show what he okay. can do. They really they want they they gave him that number 88 for a reason. I right. mean, they want him to be the next Des for that team, the next true number one wide receiver in Dallas, which is a big thing for the Dallas Cowboys. You know, their mm-hmm. franchise has had big time receivers come through there and be number one guys. So. A lot of people for Dallas that need to step up. It's an important year for the Cowboys because you have all that talent on that roster. Right. And you kind of got a steal in the draft with Micah Parsons to really shore up that linebacking. You, you rebuilt that linebacking unit immediately because mm-hmm. of a guy falling in your lap like that. You don't want to waste that. And I mean, expectations are always super high in Dallas, but they should win the division. On paper, they're certainly the best team. Yeah. No, I hear you there. I mean, they should. 
and on paper, I think they're the best, but you know, I, as you said before, it might not be the most, you know, the best division in football. It's definitely not, but it might be one of the most competitive divisions in mm. football, if that makes sense. Well, the team I think that's going to finish right behind Dallas or be the team that really pushes them is the New York Giants. Uh, I have the New York football Giants having Saquon Barkley be their most oh. important player this year. I think that the Giants probably pulled that division out last year if Saquon doesn't get hurt week one probably. against the Steelers. I think that you know their defense looked awesome uh, last season. Uh, when Daniel Jones was playing and he was healthy, he showed flashes, but they also showed that they were a gritty team and really proved that they were competitive when they went to Seattle without Daniel Jones and Colt McCoy was their starter, but that defense was able to grind out a win without a good weapon on offense like Barkley. Now you hope that you get Barkley back for the entire season this year, and what a difference maker he could be for a team that has a good ascending defense. If you complement that with probably the best running back in the league when he's healthy, they could definitely make some noise, definitely get to that 10-win mark, and that can definitely help Daniel Jones's progression as he continues to try to find himself in what will be his third year in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, I will say this. I mean, Barkley's the guy for me, too. Yeah, I mean, he's so important. He's so them. important for them, but... He might, he's a rare guy where you'd put him on any team, he might be the most important right. non-quarterback might be. on any team. Yeah, he he's, might be. He's that sort of special. He's that sort of impactful. Like, you're almost waiting for him to put up the MVP year because yeah. I think it's coming. Yeah, I hear you. I mean... I will caution you, though. Um, you know, I don't know if the reports are all great in New York. They don't know at this point if he's going to be ready week one. He might miss a little time to start the season. But uh, if you have him for more than 13 or more than 12 games this year, you know what I mean? He, he instantly makes that offense better. And let's be honest here. I mean, the Giants quietly have a pretty good offense. I mean, Daniel, I know you could say what you want about Daniel Jones, but I think he's pretty decent. He's not the worst. You have Kenny Galladay. You have Sterling Shepard. You have Darius Slayton, Evan Ingram at tight end. That's not a bad skill. No, it's group. not. No. Especially adding Barkley. Especially the back best running back in football. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it is a good skill group, but um, there's no doubt that Barkley is so important. And as you said, Tom, I think it's illustrated best because if they have him all year last year, I think they, I think they win that division. I think they're in the playoffs. I mean, year. they were, one game away from doing so i'll just say an honorable mention for me was kenny galladay i think this is the best receiving option daniel jones will have this up to this point in his nfl career kenny galladay was by far and away the number one guy in in detroit and now he's coming here i think this could really be kind of the filler that the giants have been looking for ever since odell left to kind of get back to that one-two punch with a receiver running back option to pair with saquon I had who was your guy? You said that was an honorable mention. Did you, Saquon, oh, I had Saquon. Saquon's your yeah, guy. Saquon's so it's just guy. obvious that it's yeah, be it's Saquon. it's it's completely obvious. And even if he wasn't injured last year, you would still we would still be sitting here today saying he's the most important non-quarterback on that team. I had an honorable mention again the defense, Dexter Lawrence, the first round pick they had in 2019 out of Clemson, just because you know they kind of need the, now that they're really good on defense, they'd love to have an identity guy. He had two and a half sacks his rookie year. He had four sacks last year. He started every game so far for the Giants in his career. So just see him make that next step, maybe get seven or eight sacks, continue to progress. I think that's a really important part of the Giants' defense. The Washington football team, who uh, is the defending NFC least champions, yep. making the playoffs last year under 500. It was a great story with Alex Smith. Obviously, uh, they gave the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a decent fight uh, in the wild card round, but we all know what happened at the end because the Buccaneers ended up winning the trophy. Uh, Washington has Ryan Fitzpatrick, 
pretty important to see what he does. But I went with a guy on the defensive side of the ball, and I went with second-year man Chase Young. Uh, this is a guy that has Aaron Donald potential. I know that that's tough to assign to someone so young. You put too much on their plate sometimes when you do that, but I think he can certainly get very close to that kind of potential. Uh, he could be a complete game-breaker for this team, and they already have so many great options on that front as it, be, as it stands. So they really need to just have someone separate and become the MVP of that defense, and I think it's going to be Chase Young, and I think he will give T.J. Watt and Aaron Donald a run this year for the Defensive Player of the Year award. If not this year, then... Definitely Very the year soon. after, yeah. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the Washington, I mean, you could, you know, you could say that it maybe is Terry McLaurin or, or you know, the guy that brought in Curtis Fair. Samuel. Mm-hmm. Um, but without question, I think it is Chase Young. I think he's, uh, you know, and it's ju- just his rookie year. I think he proved that he's definitely got a shot to be, uh, you know, one of the best defensive players in football. Seven and a half sacks from the and, inside. Yeah, I mean. I mean, when you look at that defensive line too, it's it's really good. I mean, it might be the best defensive front in football. I think it is. Um, and, you know, we when you have Chase Young on one side and Montez Sweat on the other, that's a lot of athleticism I, on the defensive end. I think it's Washington, and then I think it's Pittsburgh. I think that's yeah. your number one and your number two. And, I mean, you know, it's it, again, it's kind of a different scheme, but at the same time, it's, it's very true that the front – you know, it's it's really, really good in Washington. And, you know, I think you can make a case for Montez Sweat, too, just because he's opposite Chase Young and he has to, you know, put up numbers, too, in order to keep pressure off of Young. But, um, you know, I, I mean, Chase Young, what, just two years ago was the best the best defensive player in college football. And as you yeah, said, no Tom, question. I don't think he's very far off from being at least in the top five or, mm-hmm. you know, he might already be in the top five after this season. Yeah, I also, <clears throat> excuse me, had Chase Young, but I'll, Throw out an honorable mention for me, Jamin Davis. That's who I round. had as my honorable mention. Just because we, we need that we, guy in the second level now. We we just talked about how good their front is overall. You went out. This team is one of the best defensive teams, and we saw the the other best defensive team in the NFL, the Pittsburgh Steelers, go out and say we have to either get a running back or an offensive line in the first round. There was no talk about getting a, a defensive player regardless of position, and but that's what Washington did. They just said. We know how good we are on defense. We just want to keep getting better. If Jamin Davis can step up, and uh, there's no hole to be filled there, but if he can just step up and add to that unit, they, they could surpass the Pittsburgh Steelers as the best defensive team in the NFL. They're certainly right there with the elites. I think it's already fair to say that they could be a top five defense come the 2021 season. And because of that, I think they're definitely also in uh, the category as a contender for this division mm-hmm. uh but the last team that we're going to talk about is the only team that i don't really see having any possible route to winning this division and that's the philadelphia eagles and it's so funny Yikes. that we're here so fast because when the eagles won their super bowl it seemed like they were going to be the next patriots and that they were going to run the nfc east for years to come and now so quickly they have become the clear bottom feeder in a division that's not really that great so you don't want to be a bottom feeder in a division that's not yeah. that great but Philadelphia, to me, I picked Devontae Smith, their first-round pick. You know, One thing that they'd always been lacking, even when they made their Super Bowl run, they did have Alshon Jeffrey, who did play really well for them down that, during those stretches, but they really never were able to establish that number one receiver, especially after Alshon left. They weren't ever able to find that guy to run with Carson Wentz. They picked Jalen Rager in a draft a couple years ago. He never really turned out out of TCU. They, they just haven't been able to find that guy. They go with the Heisman winner this year, Devontae Smith. Uh, I know that the quarterback that's going to be throwing him the ball, Jalen Hurts, might not be the long-term solution yeah. for the Philadelphia Eagles. 
But just to have Devontae Smith go out there and have a really productive year with Hurts as his quarterback, make the step into the NFL and be ready to be the number one guy whenever they do get their quarterback of the future, I think that's that's probably one of the most important things, if not the most important thing that Philly fans can hope for this year is to see their number one pick flourish despite the team not being that great. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's a good pick. He probably was my honorable mention, um, Devontae Smith, just because of the fact that you need someone for Jalen Hurts to rely on, and I think you can make a, a case for the offensive line too, or maybe Jason Kelsey um, to help Hurts along. But for me, I think it's Miles Sanders just because you have a guy. Not to say that Miles Sanders is an absolute world beater, but he's shown that he can, you know, play at, at a high level in the NFL. And Hurts can rely on him not only in the running game, but if he's under pressure, I can just dump it off to Miles Sanders, and, and Sanders can get me something. Uh, I think that's important for a young quarterback who we really don't know what he is. Um, you know, I know he had some impressive games, some games where he really flashed, but will he be able to do that for a 17-game 17 se- 17 season? I don't know. I-, I think your pick for Devontae Smith's a good one, Tom, but um, I-, I would go with Miles Sanders just because of the fact that it allows Hurts to rely on a running game and a receiver at the same time. I had both of your guys as my honorable mentions. I went with Dallas Goddard here. Because That's interesting. Zach Ertz was considered to be in that tier of Gronk and Kelsey and Kittle, and he really took a big step back in a, in a, in a very fast manner. And Dallas Goddard now is being presumed the number one starter tight end. So I understand the importance of a guy like Miles Sanders to get the running game going or Devontae Smith to kind of revitalize any semblance of a receiving core because there was so little. But I think Dallas Goddard really needs to play a big role here because they were so reliant on their tight end play. And with Zach Ertz taking as far back of a step as he's done, I think it's important for Dallas Goddard to make an equal step forward in the opposite direction that that Ertz went. My honorable mention was just Fletcher Cox simply because I was struggling to pick one, so I just said I'm just going to pick the best player on the roster. Mm-hmm. So I picked Fletcher Cox. It, it will be, it's hey, fair. It is important for Fletcher Cox to play well because he is the best player on the defensive side of the ball. Moving on to the NFC North, starting at the top, the defending champion, Green Bay Packers. A lot of things up in the air with them with their quarterback, Aaron (laughs) Rodgers, although I still think he's going to end up playing for the Cheeseheads this year come week one, and it might not be until come week one, like literally the day before week (laughs) one's game, he might show up to the facility for walkthrough. But I I put Alan Lazard or Marcus Valdez-Scantling here simply because one of Rodgers' biggest gripes has always been I don't have help in the receiving game. We have the number one receiver for sure in Devontae Adams. You just need to find somebody to really step up and become that complement. And I think it's 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 a jump ball between Lazard and Valdez Scanlon. If they want to take it and run with it, that's great for them. And I think it's important that one of them establish themselves as a legitimate number two target that can get 700, 800 yards through the air at the least to uh, complement Devontae Adams. I mean, I'll tell you this. I just every time I hear Marquez Valdez Scanlon, I just roll my eyes because I'm the guy that always drafts him in fantasy expecting him to put to up like be a the number two touchdown season you know being well, maybe the deep you should go with guy. Alan Lazard this year I think Lazard's pretty good I mean 46 catches for 451 yards and three touchdowns last year that's not bad so he can definitely do I think it. he could take that I, step forward I, I definitely think he could take a step forward could Lazard I mean I think that's a good pick um but to me I think the most important player is Devontae Adams you know what you're gonna get and I think he's the best player on that team but um without him who, what did the Packers look like? And what did that receiving room look like? And, you know, Rodgers has right. his gripes. Um, but if you lose Devontae Adams, you know, Rodgers, as I said, is throwing the ball to Alan Lazard or Marquez Valdez-Scantling. 
you know, all the time. I mean, that's your number one and number two when Devont, if Devontae Adams goes out or if, you know, he doesn't somehow play well or whatever it is, he's the most important guy on that roster for me. Yeah, I also had Devontae Adams just because if Devontae Adams somehow goes down, you're going to be in a world of pain, even if Aaron Rodgers is there, because we know Aaron Rodgers can do a lot with very little, but he's going to, it's not, he's not going to be very happy if he loses a receiver to injury, especially if his name is Devontae Adams. But I'll just throw out another one. Uh, I'll go to Zadarius Smith. I just think he's their best defensive player. You could say it's a toss up between him and Jari Alexander. I had Jari, Jari Alexander as my honorable mention. Okay. I, I, honestly, you could go with either here. Those two need maybe, to. Maybe, just, maybe just as a pair. I'll they need them. to become the face of the defense. Right. They need, I mean, they are. I think they already but take, are. As but I think, I think you need now. to. I think I think they're still they have still they still have good recognition. Jair made a second team All Pro last year. They both did, so that's a great step in the right direction. I think the two of them need to kind of make this a take away from the narrative about in the offseason, making it all about Aaron Rodgers. Just say we don't care what he does. We're gonna go out and do our job, and we're gonna be one of the better, if not one of the best, defensive tandems. that you see, you know, compared to like TJ Watt and Mika Fitzpatrick or Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, it's going to be the two of us who become in that elite level of, of duos on de- on the same defense. The Packers arch rival, one of the biggest rivalries in football, the Bears in Chicago. I have Roquan Smith as their most mm. important player this year. This will be Roquan's fourth year, so it's a big year for him as far as a contract is concerned. This is a top 10 pick that we're talking about in yeah. 2018. Selected eighth overall by the Chicago Bears. Uh, he has started every game that he's been healthy, uh, except for two his rookie season. But, you know, 12 games, 12 games started in 2019, 16 games last season for him. You know, he's pretty decent tackle numbers, always had at least over 100 tackles. But you'd probably love to see him, and it's probably extremely important for him to really take the next step in the playmaking category. Did have two interceptions last year and a forced fumble. You could see him force a couple of more turnovers this year and really take the reins as the middle linebacker presence on that defense. I mean, that's one of Chicago's hallmarks is having that presence in the middle of the defense. So I'm going to go with Roquan Smith, and it's an important year for him too. No, it is an important year for Roquan Smith, and I think that's a good pick just because of the fact that I think you could make a case um, for Khalil Mack being the most important, um, but he's not at the height of his powers anymore. I think that's – and I think that's fair. That's not to say that he's a bad player. He still had nine sacks last year. That's not bad. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he's at the height of his powers anymore. So I do think, as you kind of alluded to, Tom, it's important for Roquan Smith to to really um, have a good year because of the fact that, you know, may, maybe Khalil Mack is starting on the descent. For me, I think it's Allen Robinson just because an honorable mention. Uh, just because when you look at him and you look at the, the offense for the Bears, the quarterback situation, it's either going to be Andy Dalton or, or Justin Fields. And if it's either, you need a surefire wide receiver to help him out to, you know, if, whether it's Dalton to, to help him along or whether, whether it's Fields for the same exact reason. Um, I think if Justin Fields is a starter, I think Allen Robinson might be playing with the best quarterback that he's ever had. Yeah, I had Allen Robinson as my honorable mention because for the reasons being you, you claim to be or people claim to that you are one of the most underrated skill position players in the NFL. And a lot of that had to do with your quarterback play. When you were in Jacksonville, you had no one really throwing you the ball. When you were in Chicago, you only had Mitch Trubisky throwing you the ball. So if you can 
prove the hype. If you can say to everyone, it's not just hype. I am an elite receiver. Make Justin Fields' life as easy as you can and be that elite receiver. But I actually did have, for the reasons that Kellen pointed out, but I guess I put a different spin on them, I actually did have Khalil Mack as my most important player. You were the defensive player of the year five years ago. You were the most highly sought-after free agent four years ago when you when John Green decided to sell everything in the kitchen sink to get rid of you. And the Bears happily obliged. And it seems that immediately that that trade really paid off for Chicago. But as Kellen said, you really seem to have taken a step back from your defensive player of the year capabilities in your first year with the, with the Bears uh, when they made that 12-4 and four playoff run only to lose in the first round off of that botched field goal. But I think... For those reasons, he has to be the most important player because you have to return to form. You are Khalil Mack. In terms of defense, everyone was saying, who's the best defensive player? It was Aaron Donald or Khalil Mack. Now they're saying, is it TJ Watt or Aaron Donald? Get yourself back into that conversation. Moving on down the NFC North, looking at the Minnesota Vikings, I chose their first-round draft pick, Christian Darasaw, as their most important player. And really, their offensive line in general is extremely important. That's really been the biggest thorn in the Vikings' side over the past five years is the protection of Kirk Cousins and even extending to Case Keenum or Sam Bradford before that. Their offensive line has always been shaky. They obviously have invested a lot in it. Lately, it's a little bit improved last year. I think it can get immensely improved this year if Christian Darasaw pans out because I think it was a little bit of a steal for Darasaw to fall as deep as he did in the draft. I think he could certainly be the best lineman in this draft, not named Penny Sewell, who we will get to in a minute. But I think Christian Darasaw is massively important for this Minnesota Vikings team who will be a playoff contender this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I, th- I definitely think they're going to improve from last year. I, I don't think there's any question about that. Um there's a couple guys that it could be. You could say the offensive line in general because it's very important to the running game. You could say the combination of Thielen and Jefferson as the wide receivers to keep providing that, um, you know, that security blanket for Cousins. But for me, it's Dalvin Cook. Um, it's my honorable mention. Just because he's so important to that offense and the way that he runs the ball. You know, last year I think it wasn't as appreciate as appreciated as much as it should have been because you know. Derrick Henry ran for 2,000 yards last year. Nick Chubb put on a spectacular, you know, end-of-the-year run. Uh, but Dalvin Cook was unbelievable last year. He was. Um, you know, and a big part of that's the offensive line and Darisaw, as you said, Tom. I mean, they go hand-in-hand. Hand. But w- without Kirk Cousins, yeah, the offensive line could still be good. Is I mean, Alexander Madison isn't bad as their backup, but is he Dalvin Cook? No, of course not. Um, you know, and they could still have success in the running game, but I, I think Dalvin Cook – uh, is the most important piece uh, on that roster as a whole. I had Justin Jefferson. I had the offensive line as a whole as my honorable mention, but Justin Jefferson, to me, I think Kirk Cousins has gotten so lucky with the receivers he's played with, Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen, and now Justin Jefferson. The guy is really, truly a product of the receivers he's played with, and Justin Jefferson really needs, and I think he showed capabilities of filling in that Stefan Diggs hole that was left when he left for Buffalo. So I think, to me, Justin Jefferson needs to keep up that productivity level. Don't have a sophomore slump. Keep it up because Kirk Cousins will struggle if you don't do so. And the team that I think wouldn't surprise anybody finishing in dead last this year in the NFC North, the the Detroit Lions, 
I took their first round pick as yeah, well. So Penny I. Sewell, mm-hmm. the Easy number one. seven overall pick in this year's draft. That's a guy that definitely fell to them. They had to have expected the Cincinnati Bengals at five to have snagged Penny Sewell, but instead they took Jamar Chase, and they were very happy that that was the case as they were able to snatch up one of the best linemen prospects the draft has seen in a long time. And you know, certainly probably projects to be the best lineman in this draft class. And I think he'll have an immediate impact. I think he could be an all pro come his rookie season this year. So I think Penny Sewell protecting Jared Goff, who's not the worst quarterback that they could have coming off of Matt Stafford. That's for sure. Uh, I, I think it's massively important for Penny Sewell to hit the ground running and to realize his all pro potential potentially in just his rookie year. Yeah. I think that's an easy one. I think it is Penny Sewell. You have to keep golf upright, and this isn't going to be a good football team. Um, but he, he absolutely fell to you, and you're shocked that he's even there um, in Detroit. A guy that, that comes to my mind is uh, TJ Hawkinson, um, the tight end, just because you look at that wide receiver group in Detroit, it's not very good. Well, I said DeAndre Swift, honorable mention, kind of in this, you need a playmaker to. Yeah, organize. and Swift's a good one, too. Yeah, but um, Hawkinson would count that would check that box too they just need somebody yeah. on offense to show them something yeah that right. that wide receiver rooms tyra williams brashad perriman and then quintez cephas um yeah tj hawkinson is a pretty he's the best target of that there, group yeah. yeah i mean i think he's a good honorable mention but yeah penny without question um you know that as you said tom he could be an all pro this year i don't think that's out of the question no you know, no in a, in a rookie season not at all at all that's gonna do it for the first half of the nfc and the next episode we'll work our way through the nfc south and the NFC West. You can smell the football in the air. Teams have reported to camp already. Majority of the NFL will report next week. It's a very exciting time to be alive and to be a football fan. So we'll keep breaking things down as far as most important players to each NFC team is concerned on our next episode of Steelers Standard. For Jacob Brecht and Kellen Gursky, I'm Tom Opperman. We'll talk to you next time.